Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. The second Sunday of Advent, no matter what year you are in, in the lectionary cycle, always features the figure of St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist, in his ministry as the forerunner or the precursor of Christ, sort of went around uh, Palestine and he, he preached what, what we hear in today's gospel is a, a baptism of repentance. So obviously this was not sacramental baptism. So when people would come to John and they would publicly profess their sins and repent of their way of life, wanting to begin anew, he would wash them with water. Obviously that did not actually take away their sins. It was just a symbolic action to indicate that they were beginning a new stage of life, that they were leaving behind a life of sin and they were, they were taking up a life of, of holiness. And repentance is the, the first stage of, of what we can call sort of fuller, with a fuller word would be conversion, right? Conversion literally means in its Latin root kind of a turning around in about face, doing a 180 degree turn. So repentance is the initial part of that, of conversion, where we, we turn away from sin. And the second half of conversion is, you know, we have to turn towards something. So we turn towards God. And, and living for Him. So conversion is movement away from sin and, and towards God, this, this turning around, this 180 degree shift. So I thought it might be helpful today to reflect a little bit on maybe what conversion looks like or doesn't look like in the lives of three sort of hypothetical people. So first I wanna look at the, and this can be helpful in both looking at our own life first of all, but also looking at the lives of those around us so that we know how we can best help them to come to a full conversion. Right, so the first person I want to look at is the, the unconverted person. The second is somebody who has chosen and experienced an initial conversion. And then finally, the last person I want to look at is the person who is living daily, even hourly, ongoing conversion right this is what we want to this is what we want to shoot for so the unconverted person the unconverted person from the outside could take many different forms it could be literally somebody who's an atheist it could also be somebody that's gone to sunday mass for 50 years we have to sort of dive into it a little bit more to understand what it means to be unconverted and the key point to understand in the heart of somebody that is not yet converted, that has not yet turned around fully to face the Lord and to pursue Him, is that they have not yet made a decision to at least attempt to put the Lord at the center of every part of their life. Right? They, sort of, they sort of live a very, if the Lord is a part of their life at all, He's very compartmentalized. You know, he might be compartmentalized to an hour a week on Sunday 
and maybe a couple of big decisions throughout their life, and then when they need help from him. This is sort of a classic example of somebody who has the outward trappings of faith, but is still totally unconverted. They don't want God to be a part of every piece of their life. They, they sequester him to different compartments. Uh, there's a story of a, a priest who was trying to begin in this very rural town where there wasn't really much in the way of opportunities for deeper formation for his parishioners. He was going to, you know, invite in this like mission preacher to come for like a week in Lent and, and preach this mission and give some people some deeper formation and opportunities for confession with a priest they didn't know and so on and so forth. And he wanted to give them many opportunities to deepen their conversion. And, and this man came up to him who, who, who was in his 70s and he'd been coming to Sunday Mass all his life. And, you know, Father had really been trying to sell this mission. Like, everybody, hey, please think about coming to this. And, and this seven-year-old guy comes up to him and he's like, look, Father, like, I'm here every Sunday. I've always come to Sunday Mass, but I'm just, look, I'm not that religious. So, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be coming to this, this mission, you know. And basically what he's saying here, here what's, what's kind of underneath the surface is like, look, I, I put in my time. I put in, I put in my hour a week. Don't ask me to do anything else, right? <laughs> right? So, so this is an indication of somebody who even from the outside maybe looks to be, quote unquote, a faithful practicing Catholic, but has never chosen or experienced any kind of real conversion to the Lord, right? So this is the, the unconverted person where, where the Lord is compartmentalized and it's really our self that we put at the center of, of everything in our life. So we can all recognize people in our life that would fall into this category and we need to pray and sacrifice for them and, and figure out with God's help ways to maybe help them begin putting the Lord like involving the Lord, you might say, in more things in their life. Having Him more involved in the decisions they make and, and so on. And then you have somebody who um, we, we can say has experienced initial conversion. This is, our, this is our second person. They've made some kind of deliberate decision to pursue the Lord as the center of their life. They're certainly not 100% successful. But they made some kind of decision to do this, right? I really want to involve the Lord in all parts of my life. I want Him to be at the center. I know that many times I'm going to fail and I'm going to choose myself over God, but, but what I want is for God to be at the center of everything. This is, this is initial conversion. And I want to point out sort of a, a little nuance here that I've kind of noticed over the years that that I, I hope is maybe helpful in kind of looking at your own life and, and maybe the lives of those around you. So an overly, overly, overly simplistic view of the human person and how we're fulfilled would kind of divide us into head and heart, if you will. Our head, our, our intellect, our mind longs for the truth and Christ fulfills our mind by being the truth. Right? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So part of initial conversion is encountering Christ as truth and allowing him to fulfill and satisfy our intellectual longing to know the truth, right? And then on the other hand, we have our hearts, 
which again, in an overly simplistic analysis, we can say longs for love, right? God being love, Christ being the manifestation of, of God the Father, also fulfills this desire that we have for love. Christ is the fulfillment of everything that we want. It can happen for somebody with this initial conversion or sort of want to make God the center of their life to some degree. It can happen that a conversion can be incomplete, you might say. Where somebody has this encounter with Christ as truth, say, wow, this is amazing. All the church's teachings make sense. They're logical, they're consistent. The definitive teachings of the church and, and Christ have never changed over 2,000 years. I'm converted, like I'm bought in. This is like, this is what I'm gonna live for. This all makes sense. And they have what you might call an intellectual conversion. But they don't really have a living, breathing, conversational relationship with the person of Jesus, right? The heart piece, Christ fulfilling their heart's longing for love is, is, is kind of missing. On, a, on the flip side, you can also have somebody who at a certain point in their life encounters in some significant way God as love, right? They have this profound encounter with the Lord, but then they, they never encounter Him as truth, as fulfilling their intellect, and so this can, you know, this often happens in our current Catholic culture, for example. It'll happen, maybe a high schooler's in a youth group and they have this sort of profound experience of God on a retreat or something, or a college student. But then they, they never dive deeper into knowing Christ as truth and everything that he taught and his church continues to teach. And so they go about their life and as soon as they get around people who begin really challenging what they believe, they begin to doubt in a significant way and they can veer off course. So there's dangers to and what you might call this incomplete conversion of, of who we are. We need this initial conversion to the Lord to be full, to be complete. Um, so I offer that to you as, as, as a source of reflection for your own life. Um, and also, again, for those around you, like what, what do the people around me need? Do they, do they, have they already had an encounter with God as love and now they just need to encounter God is truth or vice versa, you know, what, what gives? And in our own life too, what sort of, which aspect of that do I need to kind of build up the most and ask God's help with the most? So then finally we have this third person, this person who's living like daily, even hourly ongoing conversion. And this is what we wanna shoot for because it can often happen, I've met many people, <laughs> who have a sort of initial conversion to Christ, they're all fired up, and they kind of really don't know where to go from there, or they just think that, okay, from here on out, it's just kind of like a coasting, like I just sort of coast <laughs> until the end of my life. Um, but they don't have much of an imagination even for what it looks like to deepen that every single day. And of course, in the Christian life, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. There's no sort of, <laughs> there's no place that you can be where you're just kind of static in your relationship with God. If we're not growing, we're falling back. And so what, is it, what does it mean to have this kind of daily, hourly uh, conversion? I'll give you a quote I heard some months ago, and I'm not gonna remember who it's from, but I found it helpful for the, the mindset or the perspective that we need to have if we're gonna live this. Um, this quote, somebody had said, you know, 
my greatest conversion is still ahead of me. Right? My greatest conversion is still ahead of me. That's the way that someone thinks who is trying to live ongoing daily conversion. My greatest conversion um, is still ahead of me. Right? For this person as well, God is the center not just of big decisions or moments in their life, but he's the center. They try and bring him into even the tiniest things. I've talked about this in weeks past, you know. How do I use even small chunks of time? The person who's trying to have ongoing conversion is going to ask God that. Lord, how do I best use these 10 minutes? Right? The person living ongoing daily conversion is going to immediately turn to God when they notice they've failed in something and tell him that they're sorry. They're not just going to wait until confession. They're going to tell him immediately that they're sorry. Right? The person living daily ongoing conversion is literally going to ask God how they should spend every dollar that they own. Right? This is a big one. Um, I think in our American culture, one of the things we can definitely fall prey to is not involving God in decisions about money. We just sort of think that money is, oh, it's like this secular thing or it's sort of somehow, I don't know, sequestered off. And, and certain other things in life are this way too. But no, like ongoing daily hourly conversion is going to involve God e even in decisions about that. Lord, do you want me to, do you want me to buy this like milkshake from Winstead's? <laughs> or, or, or do you not want that? For, do you not want me to spend this, this money on Is this money for something else? For, for, for something else, right? This is what it means to live ongoing daily hourly conversion. Finally, the person in this situation is just going to be frequently talking to our Lord about all sorts of things. Apologizing to Him throughout the day. Praising Him for something beautiful that we run across. Right? Asking His light and wisdom to know how to make even, even small decisions. It's just going to be a, a, a much more living, active, conversational day with our Lord for the person that's trying to, to, to become a person of continuous conversion. So they might be at 180 degrees after they come out of confession. They're like facing the Lord perfectly. They veer off an hour later to 178 degrees. Then they bring themselves back, right? That's, that's ongoing conversion. I stray a few degrees from my focus being totally on Jesus, and then I bring it back. I stray a couple degrees a few hours later, and then I bring it back, right? This is, this is the spirit that we want as disciples of the Lord.